If you would turn to John chapter 8, we are going to um, start a series of messages based on the theme that we have for the year, the truth is in Jesus. This is a very important subject, and uh, one of the reasons we're going to approach this subject is because there is much, John chapter 8, there is much false teaching, um, teaching that's contrary to the truth of the Word of God out in our society today. And uh, what we want to do is um, make that contrast. See, now what is taught as being right out in society and yet that the Word of God says this is not right before Him. In fact, the, the Lord said through the prophet, Woe to those that call evil good and good evil. And uh, th- there's a lot of that out in our world today. And we're going to try to, and we're going to share the um, teaching of the Word of God on this. Uh, we're going to try to um, be very focused on what the Lord said in His Word. I love this passage before us in uh, uh, John chapter 8, beginning at verse 42, where the unbelieving Jews uh, accused Jesus of being born of fornication. And, of course, he was conceived in the womb by the Holy Spirit. And uh, then they said to Jesus in verse 41, We have one Father, God. Uh, They said, Oh, we know God. And oftentimes you will hear people say that. And oftentimes you will hear people say, Well, this should be all right before God, when the Word of God is very clear that it might be something that we should avoid. So we want to be careful. We really do want to be careful as we uh, try. I saw them. (laughs) Thank you very much. Jesus said to them, verse 42, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but... God, the Father, sent me. Verse 42. Watch this passage carefully. Why do you not understand my words? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Pretty strong. And the desires of your father you want to do. These were religious people. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth key phrase Satan does not stand in the truth because there is watch this now carefully these are strong terms to help us to understand what happens when God is left out because there is no truth in him Satan when he speaks a lie he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it But because I tell you, here it is, the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Now, there's a lot in that section that we could look at verse by verse. But what's beautiful here is this. That those who have a relationship with God are those who want to hear the Word of God. 
We want to hear what God has said in his word. He accuses these religious leaders of being children of Satan, of those who are influenced by the teachings of Satan and the lies of Satan. And we're going to go into some of this down the road here. But um, he said, and, and I, love that, I love that verse. It says, um, He who is of God hears God's words. Please be encouraged in your relationship with the Lord. That you as a believer, as you continue to be in the word of God, and you're encouraged by the truth of God, should confirm to you that God's working in your life and you know him, you have a relationship with him. Remember Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the longer you know Christ the Savior, the more and more you understand that we need the spiritual food of the word of God. We need to be in the word of God, the truth of God. And relating to the subject of truth, I I found, and if you take notes, you could jot this verse down. Psalm 25, verse 5, where the psalmist said, and I'm going to close with this verse, by the way. Psalm 25, verse 5, the psalmist said this, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all the day. The psalmist is saying, Lord, lead me in your truth. He's saying, Lord, protect me from false teaching and false doctrine. Now you say, well, you know, do we really need to be that excited about staying with the truth? I think we do. We found on the interstate, yeah, we found on the interstate, on the internet this week, five false teachings that are in evangelical circles today. You say, whoa, you know, you sure you got it right? You sure they're wrong? And the interesting thing is that the man who made this study took passages of Scripture and said why these emphases are not the emphases. Five. Five teachings in evangelical circles, and we're evangelical. So we, we have to be careful. In fact, um, we don't want to uh, say, oh, I'm the one who knows all the truth of God. I may not know all the truth of God, but the Bible has the truth of God. Jesus said, sanctify them through your truth your word is truth we are people of the word of God I would like for you and these are preceding verses to some of the things we'll be discussing but I would like for you to go with me to 2 Corinthians 11 2 Corinthians 11 you'll notice the apostle Paul's concern for the Corinthian believers and anyone who does teaching of the word of God who has responsibility to share God's truth with others, would certainly agree that this would be a concern that you would have if you held responsibility for a group of believers, maybe a Bible study. But we as parents and grandparents, we are responsible to teach our children and our grandchildren the love of God that's found in Jesus Christ, that we understand who he really is and that we should have a concern that our children, our grandchildren, others we know and love have a good, close relationship 
with Jesus Christ. Watch these words in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4. The Apostle Paul says this, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve, wow, by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, that would be from him, the apostle, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So you see what he's saying here? He's saying, I'm concerned for you Corinthian believers that you do not lose that devotion to Jesus Christ and your understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. I want you to keep that. And, and I'm concerned because Satan, who deceived Eve, would come into your minds and thinking and distort your thinking to the place where you don't really understand and know the value of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see his concern there? He's concerned that their devotion to Christ may be moved away. And uh, all of us who are here today, we need to remind ourselves <clears throat> that we need to stay in the Word of God. We need to understand and realize that when we're in the Word of God, it's an opportunity for the Lord to speak to us and to give to us an understanding of the truth that He wants to see and He wants for us to experience in our own lives. That's a beautiful, beautiful uh, word of caution in the Word of God. I'm going to do a little reading at this point. This is taken from uh, Chip Ingram's book called Culture Shock. And uh, it's a very interesting book on how false, teacher, false teaching rather has permeated our society in so many areas. And uh, he says this. I'm going to quote for a few minutes. When I say absolute truth, I'm referring to something that is always right and true. Whether people agree with it or disagree with it, and whether or not it happens to be part of their own experience. If something is black, it can't be white at the same time. If something is hot, it can't be cold at the same time. If something is right, it can't be wrong at the same time. So you'll hear people say today, well, what may be true for you is not necessarily true for me but that's not a good statement you see you absolute truth is universal it's for all people all times jesus christ is the only savior and he came to save from sin and yes there are a lot of religions in the world and we have to be careful as we talk to people who are in different religions but we at the same time have to communicate the fact with the help of the holy spirit of course that jesus christ said i am the way and the truth. And when we say that, we just, we got to be praying that the Spirit of the Lord would take the truth that you share with others and allow it to penetrate their hearts so that they realize that Jesus Christ is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The um, Lord Jesus said much about himself in Scripture. And uh, he talked about the fact that he lived a sinless life. Remember that passage we read? Jesus said, which of you has 
convicted me of sin. Is there any accusation of sin that you could bring against me? Of course, the answer is no. I love the words of the Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, where Peter said, He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. He is absolutely sinless as the Son of God. He's holy. Uh, yesterday we talked a little bit about this attribute of God, how God is holy. And uh, it's interesting when you try to communicate that attribute of God to children. Um, one of the first things we say is to be holy for God means to be totally without sin. And uh, they, they may be able to think about it a little bit, but then you can say something like, well, because God is holy, because Jesus is holy, he makes no mistakes. Ah, that'll register with a child. Uh, they know they make mistakes. They know we, even as adults, make mistakes. But God makes no mistakes. He's holy. Jesus Christ is holy, righteous, and true. He's without sin. He's the one who died for our sins on the cross and was buried and rose again. The gospel is clearly given in 1 Corinthians 15. What did he claim about truth? He claimed that he was truth incarnate. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, some people will say, well, you know, I, some people would say I kind of pull away from um, intolerance. And they might accuse you as you share salvation in Jesus Christ alone as being intolerant. But that's not intolerance. Okay, um, Jesus Christ was uh, more loving and patient and accepting uh, than anyone who ever lived on the face of the earth. I was looking again when I thought of that statement. I, I thought of the fact that when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? The text of the scripture says before Jesus answered him. Now, here's an unbeliever, right? He's coming to the Lord. And the text of the scripture says, and Jesus loved him. You know, um, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, sometimes people who don't know Christ, who have a lifestyle that we believe is really opposed to scripture, sometimes it may be hard to show the love of Christ. But we need to do it, don't we? We need to do it. Uh, there are a lot of people in our world today who are caught up and are in some type of bondage. And uh, what does the Lord say? He wants us to show the love of Christ to those who need Christ as Lord and Savior. When it came to the truth, the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, was very clear. And I have another passage I'd like for us to look at. We're handling this a little bit different. This is working our way into uh, seeing things that are true and not true in the Word of God. Uh, John chapter 18. Look at this beautiful passage with me. John chapter 18. I love to look at this passage. John 18, where Jesus is standing before Pilate. <clears throat> John chapter 18, verse 33. John 18, 33. Try to picture Jesus standing before this Roman ruler. 8. 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? 
or did others tell you this concerning me? Mm. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me? What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not from here. My kingdom is from God, the Father in heaven. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered him, You say rightly that I am a king. See, he acknowledged that he was the king of the Jews. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world. Watch carefully now the next phrase, that I should bear witness to the truth. You see, truth is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So when we have opportunity to share with people who do not really know the Lord, we pray for the Spirit of God to use our words, and we carefully communicate to them what Jesus himself said, that I am the truth sent from the Father in heaven. Reading again back in verse 37. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Ooh, how beautiful that is. We who read the word of God, we who carefully listen to the words of Jesus Christ, we know them. We know him. Pilate said to him, verse 38, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him. It's so beautiful. He found no fault in Jesus Christ. There was nothing that Jesus said that he could bring an accusation against Christ because, see, Jesus Christ is the truth incarnate. What a beautiful portion of the Word of God. And uh, the encouragement, again, is there for us to listen to the Lord. And uh, you do it during the week when you open your Bible and you, you read the Word of God. Uh, the Lord Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man take them out of my hand. We who know Christ as Savior love to read the Word of God. We love to hear what the Lord has said, because we're the sheep of His pasture. We know He's the Good Shepherd, and He's watching over us. What did Jesus say then about the Word of God? And truth itself? Well, the key verse for this is John 17, 17, where Jesus said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So here we have in the scriptures the very truth of God. And uh, the Lord Jesus made it very clear that we are set apart unto the Lord more and more all the time. See, you keep growing spiritually as you have your daily quiet time, as you are in the Word of God, as you go to your Bible study, you can't remember everything that you were taught in each of the Bible studies of the past or every Sunday morning. You can't remember everything. But what God does, He uses His truth in your mind and in your thoughts to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul said, I'm concerned that you hear things that will cause you to move away from your devotion to Christ. We who know Christ as Savior, we value the Word of God. We want to know what God has said about these various subjects. There's all kinds of subjects we want to take, and we want to look. What does God say about this? And the point is, 
as you hear what the Lord has said in his word, stay in it. As you hear what the Lord has said in his word, you are set apart more and more to him. You get closer and closer to the Lord. And uh, I say this carefully, but uh, those whose Bibles are closed during the week and they don't read the scriptures, it's kind of hard for the Spirit of the Lord to move them along spiritually in their love and devotion to Jesus Christ. You see, each time you go into the Word of God, if you say, Lord, teach me by your Spirit, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, teach me by your Spirit. I want to know your truth. I want to know what you have for my life. It's amazing, absolutely amazing what the Lord does. So again, Jesus called the Bible, the Word of God, God's truth. Sanctify them through your truth. Your Word is truth. You know, I think from time to time, it's good for us and I remember uh, dealing with this in a Bible study not too long ago. And I went over these things, and, and uh, somebody said to me, well, would you give me a list of that? I need the reminder. Uh, the reminder is that we remember what the Word of God does for us. You see, we're in it. We're in it. And uh, we, we experience these things. But there are a lot of people who don't value the Word of God, and they're not necessarily in the Word of God. I'm just going to do a quick review of what the Bible does for us. Okay, quick review. Sanctify them through your truth. Your Word is truth. Okay, one of the first things it does for us is it gives us direction. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 133, Order my steps according to your Word. It gives us direction. So a lot of times when we as believers have decisions to make, we'll go to the Word of God. And we'll look about um, the things that it says. Let's say in the area of money and finances. You know that the Bible has a lot to say about it. Um, a whole lot to say about it. And he even talks about how we are to remember that actually all of our finances belong to God. And that when we give to him, we're given out of what he has given to us. So we go to the Word of God for direction in our lives. We also go to the Word of God for wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's the prayer aspect. But Psalm 19:7, the psalmist said, For the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It is amazing. Uh, I, I am constantly amazed, no matter what portion of Scripture um, I'm encouraged to be in on a given day of the week, the wisdom that comes from the Word of God. It encourages in the area of purity. How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to his word, God's word. Um, there, again, one of the areas of false teaching out in the world today is, well, you know, some people are involved in this sexual sin, and uh, we have to be careful uh, that we don't communicate condemnation. We don't communicate condemnation. Don't do it. But if we know someone caught up in a lifestyle that is contrary to the Word of God, well, the very first thing we need to do, obviously, is talk to the Lord about it. And then secondly, it's our attitude and our approach to someone who may be caught up in a lifestyle that's contrary to the Word of God. But the Word of God does speak about the subject of purity in our sexual experience before God. So, yes, the Word of God um, helps us to be pure. It brings us joy. Psalm 19, verse 8, the psalmist said, The statutes of the Lord are right, uh, rejoicing the heart. It's amazing how we can be encouraged from the Word of God and uh, find joy. 
It helps us to grow in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we're going to talk about this in just a moment. Uh, it actually is used by God to bring us deliverance from things that seem to bind us. You should know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. And then peace. I remember not too long ago, someone said, you know, I've talked to people about this through the years. I, I don't have a lot of peace of mind right now. Um, I'm really afraid of something, such certain things. And you know the verse. The Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So peace comes again by taking the word of God and a portion of scripture and using it uh, for the Lord to speak to us. Jesus said also, in relationship to the word of God, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Continuing in the word of God. Repeat verse. It, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And then he went on and say in John 8:32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, a lot of people, in fact, there's been um, universities have used that verse and implied if you come to our university and you learn, you're going to be free. Well, what kind of freedom was Jesus talking about? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Very important. The inevitable blessing of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and continuing in the Word of God is to know the truth of God. And that's what we need to know. So um, when you walk away from this message this morning, it would be good if you say to yourself, you know, um, the pastor mentioned a lot about truth and false teaching. We want the Lord to protect our minds and our hearts so that nothing moves us away from devotion to Jesus Christ. We need to be thankful for where we are spiritually. If you're in fellowship with the Lord this morning, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, listen, don't let the words of uh, man's teaching don't let even the words of other people move you away from your love for Jesus Christ. Is that important? And I pray that for myself. Lord, help me not to uh, start going to things or listening to things or reading things that will pull me away from you. Paul said his concern for the Corinthian believers that they do not get pulled away from devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. I promised you I'd mention about the truth that Christ uses in our lives to make us free. You could probably think of these, um, the freedom that we find in Christ. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And, of course, primarily he's talking, talking about spiritual freedom, that he wants us to have an experience. First of all, I think the first one to keep in mind is freedom from bondage to Satan. John 17, 15, when Jesus prayed what's called the high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed and said, I pray that you will keep them from the evil one. Keep them from the evil one. I remember there was a family in church not too long ago, and they said, <laughs> I, I, I just can't get this one out of my head, uh, they said they were driving down near the city of Austin, Texas. Now what's Austin known for? the great governmental center of our state. And we don't, you know, we should pray for our governor and those who lead there. But 
Remember what Doc Henry said when he started a church down there? He says that's one of the least attended uh, on Sundays, attended for, attendance for worship in the whole country. I said, Doc, you got that right? He said, I got that right. He said, we found out because we tried to start a church there. So there's a lot of um, people down there who have minds and philosophies that are contrary to the word of God. And this family said, you know, when we drove in, <laughs> I don't know if this is funny, I shouldn't probably be laughing. But they, they said, when we started driving into that area, we started arguing in the car. And, and they said, well, why are we doing this? Is it? Could be. Could be. Because there's a lot of satanic influence in that area. And not as much spiritual influence. Could be. That's all I'm saying. Jesus prayed, and we need to pray for one another. I pray that you will keep them from the evil one. Uh, many of you can say at one time or another, you know, I really feel, and, and you've said it, some of you, uh, that the spiritual warfare in my life is strong. And um, I guess the verse that I like to think about when I think of it for myself is, um, greater is he that is in you than... Right. Greater is he, the Holy Spirit who lives within us. So we want to yield to him. Just a couple quickly and then we'll close in prayer. There's freedom from condemnation through Christ. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The truth shall set you free. There's freedom from spiritual ignorance. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but you have the light of life. And one of the beautiful things is when you come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you begin to understand the purpose for being here, that we're, we're here for the glory of God. And you have the light of life. What is life all about? It's the fact that he allowed us to be here. He, he uh, was in charge of our being born. Wow, how awesome. We're here to bring glory to him. Freedom from spiritual ignorance. Freedom from spiritual death. Ooh, that's a beauty. Freedom from spiritual death. Jesus said in John's gospel, John 8, 51, If anyone keeps my word, he shall not see death. And right away when somebody hears it just sitting like that, he shall not see death. They'll say, well, we're all going to die unless the rapture takes place. Wouldn't it be neat if the rapture took place today? Boy, anybody ready for the Oh, man. But th this word here of Christ if anyone keeps my word, the truth of God, he shall not see death. And that's true. You see, in a real sense, Doris Allen didn't die. Her body died, but she didn't die because it says absent from the body and... Right. So she went from that earthly body right up into the presence of God. It was Dwight L. Moody, the evangelist of a generation or so ago now, who said, when you read in the newspaper in Chicago that Dwight L. Moody has died, don't believe it. He says, I'll be more alive than I ever was before. <laughs> that was his way of talking and communicating. Don't believe it, he said. Jesus Christ is the deliverer, and um, the verse that I do want to mention is John 8, 36. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Uh, very, very important that we understand that. There are a lot of people who 
find themselves in bondage to different things. Um, I, I, I made a short list here of things that sometimes people are in bondage to. And uh, it, it is amazing uh, how the Lord can deliver from anxiety. He can deliver from fear. He can deliver from sexual sin. He can deliver from depression. He's the deliverer. You see, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And the question is, how do we get free from things that bind us? I'm going to just mention these. We'll close in prayer. First of all, we need to pray ourselves to be released and, uh, from bondage and have freedom. Psalm 72:12. the psalmist said, The Lord will deliver the needy who cry out to him, and the afflicted who have no one to help them. Sometimes, even believers find themselves in situations where, boy, they just feel so alone, and uh, Lord, it's got to be you who helps me. It's got to be. And so deliverance comes when we pray ourselves for deliverance. But secondly, deliverance comes by having someone else who is a strong believer or a mature believer to pray with you. I remember a family in the church a number of years ago. One of their children started going astray. And uh, they called us up. And, and she said, the mother said, can I come over? And we said, certainly. And we had prayer. And fact, the child started turning back to the Lord. Not because we prayed, but because the Lord heard our request. Because the family was crying out to the Lord, turn my child around. Deliverance comes when sometimes we pray with others, which we need to do. Psalm 34:17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. And then, of course, lastly, we have to understand, what does the Bible say about this need? How thankful we are. We really are. I'm thankful to worship with you this morning. I'm thankful that we can look at that subject which the Lord laid on my heart to get started for the new year. That the word of God is God's truth. That Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. And uh, we, we need to be careful. Stay in the word of God. And not let anything take us away from the beauty of what the Lord has already given to us in Jesus Christ. And please keep in mind, it doesn't matter how long you're saved, temptations will come your way. Someone asked me before Mother Camp went home to be with the Lord. She was in her 90s and a, a saint, a believer for many years. And, and they said, um, do you think Mother Camp is tempted at, at all? I said, yeah, every Christian's tempted. Jesus was tempted, wasn't he? We're tempted. But we want to stay true to the Lord. We want to stay true to the Word of God. We want to remember that Jesus is deliverer. You should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The last verse, the one we started with, is Psalm 25, 5. The psalmist prayed, I'm praying this way, Lord, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all day long. Shall we pray together?